Welcome to Alabama Short Stories, when you're a little behind on your Alabama history. I'm your host, Sean Wright. Hockey came to Birmingham, Alabama in 1976. Nobody was surprised. Well, everyone was surprised. Alabama in the 1970s was much better known for its collegiate football teams, stock car racing, and the heat. It seemed like an odd fit for a sport that was generally played in the colder climates of the Great White North. The Toronto Toros of the World Hockey Association was in a losing situation trying to find fans to attend their games. Making it harder for them, the team shared the city with the mighty Toronto Maple Leafs, who had been playing there since 1917 and were in the established National Hockey League. The original franchise started as the Ottawa Nationals during the World Hockey Association's inaugural season in 1972. The first year was a disaster, averaging only 3,000 people a game. At the end of the season, they moved the franchise to Toronto and were sold to John Bassett as the majority owner. For three years, the team tried to win over fans in Toronto, and they had difficulty finding a suitable arena to play in. The lease that they had for the Maple Leaf Gardens was pretty bad. Let's just say that the owner of the Maple Leafs did not want a WHA team in his city. Bassett decided it was time for a move, and he looked 950 miles south to a city in transition, Birmingham, Alabama. John Bassett was not unfamiliar with Birmingham. Starting in 1972, he was the owner of the Toronto Northmen of the World Football League, the WFL. Before the season began, controversies forced a move, and they became the Memphis Southmen, regional rivals of the Birmingham Americans. Hockey in the American South was pretty unique. At the time of the move, the only teams in the Deep South were the Houston Arrows of the WHA and the Atlanta Flames of the NHL. The current crop of Southern NHL teams did not start moving South until the late 1990s. I think it's safe to say that the sports fans in Birmingham knew nothing about hockey. But one thing we've learned over the years is that if a new league or sport wants to give it a shot in Birmingham, the fans will support them as long as they put on a good game and win. When hockey came to Birmingham in the mid-70s, one of the first goals was to teach the fans about the sport. In the first couple of exhibition games, the announcers would describe the rules such as offsides, power plays, slashing, high stick, and other hockey rules. Excitement was building, and 4,000 fans showed up for the first intra-squad game. Another large crowd showed up for an exhibition game against the NHL's Atlanta Flames, a natural rival that could have helped both teams if not for being in different leagues. The Birmingham Bulls' original roster featured players that the fans didn't genuinely appreciate due to our limited hockey knowledge. Frank Mahovlich, the Big M, had scored 561 goals in a career dating back to 1958. He played on six Stanley Cup winning teams, the Canadian national team, and was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Paul Henderson had a successful career in the NHL before coming to Birmingham. He was a Canadian hero during the 1972 Summit Series, an eight-game series featuring the best Canadian and Soviet players. Henderson scored seven goals in the tournament including a last-second game-winning goal, which also won the series. And Vaclav Nedimansky, a former Czechoslovakian player who won a silver and a bronze medal in the Olympics. 
He was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2019. He is best known as the first hockey player to defect to North America, just two years before coming to Birmingham. I can only imagine the culture shock Birmingham must have been to him. The WHA had been cherry-picking big-name players in their quest for legitimacy, such as Bobby Hull, who was in his prime when he joined the league. One of the biggest names was coming to Birmingham for the regular season home opener on October 8, 1976. The Houston Arrows came to town led by hockey legend Gordie Howe. His two sons, Mark and Marty, were both featured in the team. Frank Mahovlich always seemed to be the old man of the team to me because of how long he'd been playing professionally. He was only 38 years old, while old for professional sports is not that old. Now, Mahovlich started in 1958, but Gordie Howe made his debut with the Detroit Red Wings in 1946, a full 12 seasons before Mahovlich. Howe had retired in 1971 after playing 25 seasons, his entire career with the Detroit Red Wings. His number nine jersey was retired the next year, but he wouldn't be retired for long. Just a year later, he was offered a contract to play in the New World Hockey Association. To entice him out of retirement, the Arrows had signed his two sons to contracts. The opportunity to play with his sons was too much. He joined the team. After four years in Houston, the Howe family made a move, and they signed with the New England Whalers. On December 7, 1977, the New England Whalers came to Birmingham for what would turn out to be a special game for Gordie Howe. Leading up to the game in Birmingham, Howe had been suffering from arthritis, and he had sat out a couple of games. Worst of all, he had been sitting at 999 goals scored for 10 games. The near misses and intense games were wearing on his psyche as he was trying to get to that milestone. Howe started the game, and all it took was 1 minute and 36 seconds of the first period to make history. 10,211 fans attended the Wednesday night game to cheer on their Bulls and maybe, just maybe, see a bit of sports history. The game started, and after only 11 seconds, Paul Henderson was sent off for tripping, giving the Whalers a power play. Bulls goaltender John Garrett stopped shot after shot. Most of the power play had been burned when the puck passed by Bulls defenseman Dale Hoganson and Howe put the puck into the bottom left corner of the net. John Garrett said it best. Gordy was standing in front of the net, and the pass came to him, a one-hopper, and he picked it off about three inches above the ice and nailed it. I got a picture of the play with a puck in the net behind me, and Gordy signed it, Thanks for all the help. It happened so fast that photos of the goal showed John Garrett standing up, watching the puck go in. He had no time to react. And like that, John Garrett, who would go on to become one of the best goalies in the game, became the answer to a trivia question. Who did Gordie Howe score his 1,000th goal on? Gordie Howe's goal sparked his teammates, and the Whalers led 5-1 at the end of the second period before finishing the game 6-3. Gordie said it best at the end of the game. Thank God it's over. I'm a lucky boy. All my dreams have been answered. At this game, Gordie Howe had played professional hockey for 32 years since he first suited up for the Detroit Red Wings. He was 49 years old. Two years later, the NHL expanded to include some teams from the WHA. New England was in. Birmingham was out. Detroit still had rights to Howe, but they let him stay with the New England Whalers. He played one last season, and at his last game, he was 52 years and 10 days old, making him the oldest man to play in the NHL.
Retirement always seemed to be a problem for Gordy Howe, and in October 1997, he signed with the Detroit Vipers of the IHL to play one last game. This game allowed him to play a professional game in each of six decades. He was 69 years old. Publicity stunt or not, it was a remarkable feat. 20,182 fans came to honor him, and he received a standing ovation before the start of the game. He played two shifts and was almost credited with a goal after a shot by Brad Shaw deflected off his shin and nearly went in the net. After the demise of the WHA, Birmingham fielded a team in the Central Hockey League for the next couple of years. They've existed in name for the past couple of decades and currently play in the Southern Professional Hockey League playing in Pelham, a suburb to the south of Birmingham. Gordy Howe passed away on June 10, 2016. He gave so much to the sport of hockey and gave so much to those who were lucky enough to watch him play. Just like John Garrett, Birmingham would go on to become the answer to a trivia question. Where did Gordy Howe score his 1,000th goal? Nowadays, most people would probably guess a lot of hockey towns before they would ever guess it was the football capital of the South, Birmingham, Alabama. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Alabama Short Stories. If you enjoyed the story, there are a couple of ways you can help the podcast. The first is to tell a friend about the podcast. The second is to buy some merchandise from our store or donate to the podcast. You can find links at alabamashortstories.com. You can listen to the podcast on the website or wherever you prefer to listen and subscribe to podcasts. See you next time at Alabama Short Stories.